Welcome to the Community Church Podcast, your place to belong. Thanks for taking the time to tune into this week's message. I hope that it blesses and encourages you. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32 today as we talk about forgiveness and the need for forgiveness and to deal with those things that we have a struggle to forgive. And that's a big part of the journey as far as dealing with the wounds that hinder our ability to run out the race that God's called us to run. You know, I'm reminded of a few years ago, Cora and I were uh, traveling to Victoria, B.C., and we uh, decided to fly out of Hamilton. And uh, it was more convenient, but we knew it was a smaller airport, and uh, I didn't know what to expect. We had never been there before, so I didn't know what to expect as far as what was on the other side of security. I kind of had a suspicion that it wouldn't be much. We're not going to see a Wendy's or a McDonald's or, you know, maybe I'm, I'm thinking we're not even going to see a Tim Hortons inside. Just a few mom-and-pop shops that are selling chips and chocolate chocolate bars and so you know and then of course coffee and I'm not a coffee snob that's for sure but I I admittedly I enjoy a good cup of coffee especially my Tim Hortons and so as we were making our way to security I noticed that there was the Tim Hortons kiosk right there so I said to Cora I said hey can we just grab a good cup of coffee before we go through security I know I can't take it with us but let's let's just have this coffee and Cora didn't want anything and so she agreed fine have your cup of coffee and so I grabbed my coffee But I think Cora started to realize there's a problem when it comes to me having a good cup of coffee. One, I enjoy my coffee, so I take my time. And the other thing is, I don't like to drink my coffee super hot. Uh, Not that I want it cold, but I like a nice, decent temperature. And so we sat there for a few minutes while I'm waiting for my coffee to, to cool down a little bit. And I can tell that the impatience started to grow. And she was being gracious and all that kind of stuff, but you know, still, she was, she was like antsy. She wanted to go through security, get into the waiting area so that we, you know, are there to hear every instruction and all that kind of stuff. That's totally Cora. And so I can sense it. But man, I was enjoying this cup of coffee. It was so good. And I wasn't ready to let it go. But as the, I can see the impatience just growing. I can tell that inside she's probably saying, okay, buddy, let's get on with this. And, you know, let's, let's get to, you know, going on our flight type of thing. I decided, you know what, I, 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 even though I'm not ready to let go of this cup of coffee, I'm just going to throw it out and we'll just figure it out on the other side. So I did because I know I can't take it through security. Do you know, it, when I think about wounds and I think about letting go, especially the ones that we have a hard time letting go, the ones that we're not ready, unforgiveness is one of those things. Like, We wrestle with forgiveness. Last week we talked about, you know, offense and we talked about the need to wrestle through offense and how we wrestle through offense. And and I thought this is probably one of the next things we should talk about is the need to forgive and its power. But like anything, it is really hard. In fact, not just like anything. To be honest with you, forgiveness is probably the one thing that nobody at any time is really ready to do it. But just like the coffee, if we're going to move forward in the race that God has marked out for us, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, right? It talks about let go of all of the things that will hinder you. The Passion Translation says it this way, let go of all the wounds that pierce you. If we're going to run our race, we've got to learn to let go of, you know, some of these things. And, and, and we have to make the choice. It's not an option. 
It wasn't an option for me to take the coffee through security in order to move forward. And in the same way, when you look at the scriptures, when you look at life, you understand that forgiveness is not an option. And even though we're not ready, our heart's not ready, we have to do it. You know, no one knows that better than I think Corey Ten Boone. And I was reading up on Corey Ten Boone. And if you're not familiar with who Corey Ten Boone is, you need to. Her and her family were famous, uh, famously known, I should say, uh, for, for hiding Jews during the Nazi occupation and the Holocaust, and they were chasing them down, and so they hid them in their homes. Now, eventually, the Ten Boons were all arrested for what they were doing. Someone outed them, and so they began to experience the, the cruel uh, treatment that, that the ones they were trying to save uh, and hiding in their house from because they found themselves in concentration camps. And Corey and her sister Betsy found themselves in one of the camps that uh, in its entirety had 130,000 people. And in its season of beginning to close, 50,000 people lost their lives. Now, this particular camp was geared more towards women. It was a labor camp. And many lost their lives through things like disease and uh, you know, starvation, um, cruel treatment, beatings, poison. Some of them even experienced the gas chamber. And one of the individuals, while Corey and her sister were imprisoned at this camp for doing what they felt compelled in their faith to do, they felt it was their responsibility to protect the Jews from this evil. But one of the ones that lost their lives was her sister, Betsy. And it was, it's known that Betsy suffered at the hands of some very cruel prison guards. Now, listen, what I'm about to share with you as far as what or how God used Corey Ten Boone, I think will shock you. In fact, when you begin to read it more and more, you realize how shocking it really is. Because Corey Ten Boone went on to have a ministry after, after the Holocaust and after surviving that and being released from prison, she went on to continue to share the gospel, but she put a strong emphasis on the, the need, the value, the importance of forgiveness. She was known for forgiving. And to be quite honest with you, when you look at her story, you look at what they experienced, the loss of her sister, you would understand in the natural why, you know, she wouldn't forgive. But that's not how she chose to live her life. She didn't let what she experienced or what she saw keep her from doing what she felt compelled in her heart to do. And, and in fact, one of the stories that she tells, because she doesn't just talk about forgiveness, she lived it. One of the stories that she tells is when uh, living in Germany, I think it was 1947, she was in Germany, she was teaching, and she had an encounter with one of the prison guards uh, years later. And this prison guard was known as one of the cruelest of them all. And I'm sure that, you know, Betsy, her sister who she lost, who died at the camp, uh, Corey herself had experienced, they probably experienced some of the cruel treatment at the hand of this particular guard. And she says, when I saw this guard, I, I, I was reluctant. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to. Her heart wasn't ready to do what she knew, according to scripture, according to her faith, she needed to do. She just felt this compulsion, though, that she needed to do it, even though she wasn't ready. And so she began to pray. And she said, God, help me to forgive this person. And, and she tells the story that, that at one point in this journey of forgiveness, there was a moment where she held the hand of this cruel guard. And they looked at each other, the prisoner and the guard. And she said, at that moment, as I'm forgiving her, 
I'm, I'm experiencing the love of God so intensely. In fact, I've never experienced it that intensely ever before. And my question when I, when I read those things is I'm thinking to myself, because I'm with everybody else right now, forgiveness is not an easy thing to choose, and I don't think anybody's ready, but how do you get there? And I think she gets there because of two things. One, she felt this compulsion to actually take the step. I think the second thing is she understood that in order to begin the journey of forgiveness and the need and the value of forgiveness is you just have to choose it. You have to make a choice. Am I going to move forward? Just like that coffee cup. If I'm going to move forward to where I need to go, I got to let this go. I got to let go of the offense. I got to let go of the hurt. And I've got to embrace forgiveness in order to get there. In fact, she is quoted as saying this, that forgiveness is an act of the will and the will can, sorry, the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. Her heart wasn't ready, but she knew she needed to make the choice. Community, I want to encourage you that if we're going to move forward in our faith, in our walk with God, if, if, if we want to see the incredible blessing that comes, and I promise you there's incredible blessing when you walk the journey of forgiveness. I've had to walk that journey. I'm sure some of you and probably most of you have had to walk that journey. You know what I'm talking about. But I challenge you and encourage you. Embrace the journey of forgiveness. But if you're going to do it, it takes a choice. It just takes the first step. And I promise you, you're going to realize that there is, there's a value in taking that step beyond just doing it because it's a command. There's some incredible things that can happen when we choose to forgive. And there's some incredible things that can exist inside our lives that we don't want when we choose not to. And that's where Ephesians uh, comes in. Uh, Paul the Apostle in this moment, he's writing to the church in Ephesus and there's some struggle going on. You can tell by some of the things that he talks about, some of the things that he addresses and even the words that he uses right here in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 31 and 32. There was definitely some tension, there was some fighting going on that was bringing disunity and Paul's like that can't be, we, we don't want this. And so he makes this really strong plea to them as a church, as a, as a family one to another, he says this, get rid of, meaning have absolutely nothing to do, throw this away, have it removed. And, and when you look at the background of this word in the Greek, it gives a sense of every kind of trace, like any trace of it, like absolutely nothing, completely rid your life of what? All bitterness. We talked about this last week when it comes to offense. And it's funny, it's, and it's interesting actually to me, that, that all wounds, when they're left, we mentioned that it festers. But listen to this. You ever notice how all wounds lead to the exact same place? It leads to bitterness, which is like a poisonous root. It leads to brokenness. And in this particular case, the, the, you know, Paul says, hey, listen, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, brawling I mean these guys are scrapping it out slander and then he says listen along with that get rid of every form of malice and instead embrace choose to be kind 
to be compassionate to one another and choose to forgive each other. This is what I want you to highlight today, because I think kindness and compassion is the steps that will lead us to take on forgiving one another. But listen, forgive each other just as in Christ God forgave you. You know, when I, when I read this over and over and over, I was drawn to this passage because there's so many passages that, you know, someone can use to, uh, you know, talk about forgiveness and the need and the command and all that kind of stuff to forgive as a follower of Jesus. But this one, this one deeply resonated with me. And, and as I'm reading it over and over and over again, God just begins to grab my heart. And he begins to establish this truth. And all of a sudden, I heard him whisper into my spirit and whisper into my heart. I just felt like God saying, listen, Craig, when forgiveness is absent, because obviously, if Paul's addressing it, the act or the need to forgive one another was not taking place. It wasn't on their radar. And if that doesn't exist, if it is absent, if, if kindness or compassion or that choice or that willingness, that desire to forgive is absent in our lives and in our choices. And God says, these life-altering, debilitating emotions will always be present. When the opportunity exists because there's room for it, See, forgiveness pushes it out. Forgiveness addresses it. But if forgiveness is absent in our life and in our choices, when we're interacting with those that have offended us, these things will find and take up the room. It's natural. It kind of reminds me in front of my house, uh, you know, there's a space in front of my house where people can park on the side of the street, just like yours. And, uh, and, and you might think to yourself, well, why are you telling me this story, PC? This is weird. What's that got to do with, you know, absence of forgiveness in the presence of something else? I'm talking about opportunity here. And uh, my, my, I live on a cul-de-sac and, and I'm connected to a street where you can only park on one side of the street or the other, depending on the time of the month. And, and the people that live down on that side of the street, you know, they, their driveways aren't as long as mine, so I can fit two cars in my driveway, so we're good, but they can't do that. And so often we find our street completely full of cars. And because you can park on either side of the road any time of the month, it doesn't matter. And so you know, I, I don't, that doesn't really bother me that someone would park in front of the road. It's, the house is not a big deal. But what bothers me about it is sometimes it can get complicated because someone decides that they're not going to park too close to the curb. And so they park like way off of the curb because uh, they're afraid their tires are going to get damaged or something, I guess. And, or they park so, they don't park properly in between the two driveways, my driveway and my neighbor's. And sometimes they park over and they're into my driveway. And so you can imagine Trying to navigate through my street, trying to get in and out of my driveway can be really difficult. And it just, it just bothers me. It really does. Talk about an offense, right? That I got to let go of and forgive. That's for sure. But it's just like that. It's like the moment that the space opens up because of the need for the space, all of a sudden, boom, instantly somebody else parks there. And if they don't park properly, it becomes a problem. It's the exact same thing with this. God says, listen. Your flesh will take every opportunity. And when there's an opportunity, a space available, and forgiveness is not present, and it's absent, they're going to take up the place. 
And can I just say this, that these emotions, the, the bitterness, and we've talked about the, the reason why you don't want that, the rage, the anger, because that's not something that God wants in your life. The truth is, if those things are present, then something else is present. The inability to move forward. You know, Corey Ten Boone talked about this, actually, uh, in, in, again, in my research, I found that she talked about how this is so true, that when we choose not to go through the, the journey of forgiveness, it really disables our ability to move forward, which is the heart and the passion of God. She, she found that in her research, in, in, in conversation with others that had survived the Holocaust, she had discovered that the ones that had suffered through the Holocaust and survived, the ones that chose forgiveness, were the ones who actually were successful in rebuilding their lives. And when you, when you study, um, you know, uh, whether it's through the scriptures or lives like Corey Ten Boone and, and her telling that story or that reality, even when you study counselors talking about forgiveness, they all say the exact same thing, that, that in order to move on in life, forgiveness is an absolute key. But if it's absent in our choices, in the moments, in the situations, then those things will be present and then we will not be able to move forward. And that's not what God has for your life. You know that. I know that. There's a couple other things that God, you know, dropped in my heart when I was thinking about that because it's more than just those things. And then that, I could leave it there because that's big enough, but I want to I just throw a couple more at you before we, we conclude here today. Do you know that in the absence of forgiveness, that scripture indicates that there will be an interruption in your relationship with God present? I know that sounds odd, but listen, whenever we're not in sync with God, there's not, I wouldn't say tension, as much as God needs to wrestle with us on that particular matter because it's something that's not clicking for him. And forgiveness, I mean, listen, it doesn't take long to see how passionate and how, um, how forgiveness truly resonates deeply within the heart of God and the desire of God for us to choose to forgive one another regardless of the scenario or the situation. And, and I will deal with some of that in next week's sermon because I'm going to continue the series uh, on forgiveness next week because I have so much I want to share with you. But I digress. Back to what I wanted to share here is that, is that I think, uh, according to Scripture, I know that, that when there's the, the absence of forgiveness, there's the presence of an interruption in my walk with God. And Matthew 18 actually indicates that. It's a moment where Jesus is having a conversation with Peter. And Peter says, hey, Jesus, how often should I forgive my brother who offends me? Now, the rabbinic tradition was three times. So Peter decides to impress Jesus. And he says, well, Jesus, do I forgive him for the same offense, by the way, seven times? And Jesus actually looks at him and says, no. And to emphasize the importance of forgiveness, the way God forgives, he says, you need to forgive that person for the same offense 70 times 7. Now, that's crazy, ridiculous math. But the point is this. He was saying, Peter, whenever you're offended, not only do you need to forgive, but you need to choose to forgive constantly, just like God does. It never ends. And to emphasize this importance, he goes on to tell a story that reveals something about how God feels about us or how God interacts with us when we choose not to forgive 
or have an unforgiving spirit, an unforgiving attitude. And the story is this, Matthew chapter 18, he tells a story about this man who, who owed this incredibly deep debt. I'm, let's, let's say billions, for example, to the king. And the king wanted his money back, so he pulls the guy in and he says, you owe me billions. And so pay me back. And the guy's like, I can't pay you back. I don't have it. And so he says, well, I'm going to punish you. I'm going to sell you. And the, the guy's like, listen, don't do that. Please, I beg for my life. I ask for mercy. And so the king, who represents God in this parable, decides to extend grace and mercy and not only releases the man and, 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 and uh, you know, in that releasing him, not only just you know, lets him go, but he also forgives the debt completely. Like billions, gone. Don't owe it anymore. So you can imagine if you're the man and Jesus tells the story, he leaves and he's, he's grateful and, and he's happy. But then all of a sudden as he's walking, he comes into uh, to, to meet up with another person that actually owes him some money. And, the, and the, the, the amount that he owes pales in comparison to what was just forgiven by the king that, that he just got from the king. And so he looks at the guy that owes him money. He says, hey, listen, you owe me money and you need to pay it back. And in the same way, I, I can't afford it. And so, you know, please have mercy on me. But instead of giving mercy and choosing to forgive this man his debt, he decides to throw him in jail. Well, the king finds out and he pulls the man back into the court and he questions him only to find out that he did the opposite of what this man experienced it from the king. And he says, you know what? Here's what's going to happen. I'm not happy with this. So I'm going to jail you until you can pay this back. And Jesus says these words at the end of the, the parable, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, and this is how the heavenly father will deal with us when we choose not to forgive. And the bottom line is this, is that if you look at the scripture, there is no doubt that when God's not pleased with an action on our lives, things get out of sync. And so God will wrestle with us. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. I want to be very clear about that. It doesn't mean that God won't work in your life. But whenever there's something in our lives, it affects the flow of that relationship. And God doesn't want that. And so when we choose not to forgive, we're allowing that to be present inside of our lives. Here's another one that, that grabbed my heart as I was looking at the passages of Scripture with regard to forgiveness. And what I discovered is that when there's an absence of forgiveness in our attitude and our choices and in our heart or in our acts and our will, there's the presence of an opportunity that you don't want to exist. We pick it up in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. If you're not familiar, 1 Corinthians was a letter that was written by Paul to the church in Corinth because there was a brother who, was, uh, who had committed a, a very offensive act and it impacted a lot of people. And so he encouraged them in the first letter, you need to discipline him for the purpose of restoration. In the second letter, he picks it up to say, hey, listen, guys, your restoration, your discipline is actually, it's, it's really being effective. So I want to encourage you now to take the step of forgiving him. And the reason why he addresses it is because there are some people there that, you know, they, they just refused. Even though the man was repentive, even though he was restored, even though things had been forgiven from other people, they refused to forgive. And Paul calls them out because that's not the heart of God. The heart of God is that we were forgive just like Christ forgave us, right? And so he reminds them of that. 
He says, listen, we need to choose to forgive. I need to forgive because that's what Jesus did for us. But he says something interesting in verse 11. And I read and it's up on your screen. It says this. We need to forgive in order that Satan might not outwit us. For we are not unaware of his scheme. Hey, listen, when there's an absence of forgiveness in our lives towards an offense or an offender and we leave it, not only is there an interruption to the flow, not only is, is, is things like bitterness, rage and, uh, rage and anger allowed to live and, and affect our ability to move forward, but listen, we're leaving room for the enemy to do even greater damage. And not just to our lives, but to the lives of our loved ones. Man, we're, we're, just, we're letting the enemy do some major things that can have long-term, life-altering damage, because he will. He will. Listen, he never resists the opportunity. He takes it as it comes, and he takes full advantage, and he will mess with them. And that's what, and, and that's what Paul was saying to the church in Corinth. Guys, if you don't do this, not only are you dissipating in the heart of God, but you're leaving room for the enemy to do even more damage. And so you can understand why Paul says both here and also back to our original passage, Ephesians chapter 4, listen, instead, choose the better way. Be kind and compassionate and choose to forgive. Because man, listen, can I just say this? And I'm going to end with this. And I'll pick up next week on you know, some passages that talk about how you know when you've actually arrived on that journey because forgiveness is a process and, and we'll talk about what that means and what that looks like and a couple other things that I want to highlight what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. But let me, can I, can I close with this? I think the reason that not only Paul or many others, Jesus himself, not only commands us to forgive, because like I said, when it's absent, there are other things that are present that will not allow you to move forward, which can damage your life. It can affect the flow of your relationship with God. But listen to this. If forgiveness is present, then it means all of those things are now absent. What I'm saying is when we choose forgiveness, not just because it's a command, which, by the way, is enough, to be honest with you. But when we choose forgiveness and it's present in our lives, then I have the ability to flow. Bitterness and anger and all of those emotions, those life-debilitating emotions, do not exist inside my heart and my life. My relationship with God is flowing. He blesses that. He can work through that. He can continue to lead me and guide me in the road that he has marked out for me. And the enemy has no ability to bring even greater destruction. Now that is powerful. And so I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider today. We'll pick up on forgiveness again more later on next week. But today, if you're wrestling with forgiving somebody, I'm asking you to let go and choose forgiveness because of what it can do for you. Thanks for listening in to this week's message. Be sure to follow us on all social media to stay updated with everything Community Church. Also check us out at www.